Hello everyone, Fiona Robertson returns to the podcast to talk about her latest book, The Dark Night of the Soul, a journey from absence to presence. Fiona is referring to the archetypal experience of entering a period of darkness and despair during a process of spiritual awakening. We talk about our own dark nights, our emergence from them back into the light, and how we've come to relate to the traditionally more troubling aspect of our psyches. For me, this interview was one of the most personally insightful ones I've recorded, provoking self-reflection whilst it was still in progress, and I hope it's similarly so for you. I start off by asking Fiona why she chose to write a book about the dark night as opposed to the sunny afternoon of the soul. In essence, I think I wrote the book that I needed when I was going through the dark night of the soul, and, and that wasn't around... I think, as you say, lots of people write about the sunny afternoon of the soul, the sunny morning of the soul. And in, in a sense, that, that's easy, isn't it? You know, often spirituality is, is selling us happiness or calm or peace. And yet for so many of us, actually, when things begin to open out, we experience completely the opposite. You know, we experience everything that we've, previously avoided or suppressed so I think it's really important that we talk about the reality of that you know certainly for me I thought there was something really wrong with me that I was going through that there was a lot of shame and a lot of hiding around that and I, I know a number of people experienced that so it seems really important to say <clears throat> it's not you know there are 24 hours in the day so to speak this isn't about finding a place of happiness or calm or sunniness and staying there it's also about experiencing everything else you know the, and the other side to that i take it that's not what you expected when you stepped into spirituality you did expect more sunniness sort of out the darkness or didn't expect maybe the intensity of the darkness and that that came as a surprise then um i think i think for me spirituality at that point in my life was was really, had really taken a back seat i was more interested in a slightly different facet of it really we could call it healing or looking for some kind of cure you know the holy the holy grail of cure that would make me okay um and so i wasn't i wasn't involved in any overt spiritual practice or uh exploration around spirituality i had been at various points in my life before that but at that point it wasn't what was going on so in that sense i didn't i didn't have any expectations particularly other than i say this this desire for some sort of I think like many of us have some sort of magic bullet or miracle cure. The intensity of what happened was, was deeply and profoundly shocking. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I, I was really fortunate in the sense that I recognized within a few weeks what was going on. So even though that didn't make it any less intense, you know, it didn't change the experience of it, I, I did recognise that this was, a, this was a soul issue. And, I, and I, I picked up along the way that this phrase, dark night of the soul, mm. and, and recognised what was happening to me as, as that. 
So can I just clarify that you have been interested in spirituality, but you were looking more for what you describe it as a, a cure for more of the psyche at the time. You, you, so so you, you're like putting spirituality in one box and more sort of psyche stuff in another. Is that what I'm being like? Yeah, I mean, the route that I was traveling down at that point was was more to do with, with healing. So complementary right. therapies and and uh, psychotherapeutic work and so on rather than and, and I, I get that that you could see those all as part of sure. spirituality but I wasn't for example doing much meditation or oh, okay. you know, and, I'd, and I'd played around with that in the past but I'd never been um, I'd never been particularly good at it actually you know I, I didn't I didn't um, and that's how I would have seen it at, at that point Okay, no, it's interesting. I'm just like looking for patterns in these things because I right. think my first three or four years of interest in this whole world, lumping it all together, was very much on on the pure meditative leap over all the psyche and all its problems and go to the center stuff. And I didn't really have any problems then. Like life just got better and better, right? And it was when I decided that maybe I'd gotten as much value as I could for that from now. And actually, there was a lot of stuff in my psyche which was maybe more restrictive and sort of put that stuff down and went into the psyche that's when the real darkness opened up for me so i'm just i'm just interested in the kind of parallel like, yeah archetypal I, about I, that. I i think i think there probably is something archetypal about it yeah i mean from my experience and from from talking with and working with many people i think for me there was something about um certain things in my life coming together in it in 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 retrospect quite a miraculous way or quite an interesting way in in many ways that that allowed the falling apart to happen hmm. because because i think even even though i had been doing the, the inner work the psychological work in various ways over over many years what happened in the dark night was of a completely different order to that so I think on some level it did it did help that I had done prior work, but it didn't make it it didn't it didn't change the dark night in that Sure, sense. no, I would say the same thing. I always felt like I'd acquired just enough stability in the stuff I did prior to that to survive it and be able to engage with it. And it didn't like yeah. you know, in it I felt like no, I've really gone too far, right? I've really gone too far. I'm not gonna come through this. But I yeah. if with without having that prior stuff, I either wouldn't have been able to go into it, I just wouldn't have been able to tolerate the torment of the psyche that much or if I had gone into it I wouldn't have been able to do anything with regard to moving through it so it did yes. feel like there was some deeper intelligence that knew when the right time was to open these things up it definitely that that's that's my sense of it and and often of course it doesn't feel like that when when you're in it I mean the very the very notion of there being some deeper intelligence involved often I think you know we would we would look at the mess of the dark light and go well ha that that can't possibly be the case but it, but I, my sense is that there is that there was some part of us knows what's what's possible um and it does it does feel like there is some kind of intelligent orchestration to it on some level what was your journey through it like then? Because I think, again, with, with archetypal patterns, um, we see a kind of like often a resistance to it, 
like a, this isn't going to happen to you. I'm not going to fall into this dark chasm. And then yeah. I want out of here as soon as possible. Uh, something's gone wrong. We've got to get rid of this and get back to the light. And then a slow coming round to, oh, actually, maybe there's something a little bit interesting. Oh, actually, this is quite interesting. And then a real engagement with the darkness, if, if the journey is like a healthy one, okay, that it has those steps. So does, what, what was your experience like? Yeah, well, you just beautifully described it, basically. I mean, the first, the first part was very much the desperate clinging on. So that sense of, you know, I can't, to, to let go will be catastrophic. Um, so lots of terror, huge amounts of anguish, um, a, a lot of deep, deep suffering. And then just to say that whole notion of letting go, I think in the dark night, isn't something that we can just do. You know, we can't just decide to stop resisting because it's all happening at, at if you like, below the level of our will or uh, um, yeah, we, we can't decide to just do that by act of will. But I think there is something about the willingness to do that, that, that can come into play, where at some point we find ourselves on our knees, either actually or metaphorically, just saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm giving it over. I'm handing it over. I, I simply can't do this anymore. I can't do this by myself. And in that, I think, is the willingness to start to, to start to even be curious about it slightly. I mean, certainly for me, I, I came to realize that there were aspects of the darkness that I actually liked in some way um, and felt good to my felt good to my body actually even though my mind was really not into the idea at all what finally came about was that my body felt some degree of relief in in the darkness when i was when i was just able to really settle into that yeah i think it's um it's almost like there has to be an exhaustion of fighting against it Right, and you have to try every option three times over before we go. Yeah. Okay, but that everything I can do hasn't worked. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a crucial aspect of it. Exactly that that the that the surrender, if we want to call it that, comes through sheer exhaustion. Hmm. And the, then there's a letting go of like fighting against, right? Because for me, yeah, after about a year, I had to like. I had to accept maybe this depression isn't going to lift, right? And maybe I'm going to be like having this forever now, which is a strange thought because I'd always thought I'd find a way through it and be victorious, right? And, and come out yeah. of it. Uh, but only in that acceptance could I stop wanting to get it to go away and then look, well, what is it actually? And what, why is it here? To kind of form a kind of marriage yeah. with it then and take an interest in. Absolutely. I, I love how you said, you know, at some point you stop trying to be victorious. Because hmm. I think that's very much the model that we tend to be in, isn't it? That, that that's a, we're, we're supposed to fight in some way, you know, we're supposed to overcome things. So many aspects of culture tell us, don't they? And I think, I think, therefore, to, to move into it, to accept it, 
is is countercultural, really, isn't it? Mm, to say yeah. no, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to try and defeat this. A because defeat is impossible, and I'm completely exhausted. But B maybe there's something in this. You know, maybe there is something rich or precious or intelligent about this. Yeah, I, I I continue to question my relationship with that striving for victory, that willfulness. If you like. I continue to question the good and the bad role that the will plays yeah. in my life. So I'm not, I'm probably, I don't want to jump into then, okay, the will didn't work, therefore the will is bad. Because I think that people yeah, who definitely. achieve anything, um, produce anything, create anything, you read the biographies, there's a lot of will in there, but the yeah. will can only, I think, go so far and there has to be something else come in then. And I suppose, and I wonder what you think about this, I've noticed the the opposite polarity too. When I say surrender, um, I don't mean a kind of apathetic surrender of, okay, I'm just going to like lie in bed all day and go, oh, it's awful. You know, there's a, it's a kind of focused surrender. I'm just making your words. Uh, totally. I mean, I've, I really recognize what you're saying about that. I mean, in, in the, in the book, I describe it as, um, you know, it, it's not a supine surrender. It, it isn't just a, okay, I give up, like you say. There's something actually um, more intelligent and almost more noble about it. I mean, I, I don't mean to sort of make it into its own thing by saying noble, but there is something about recognising that that whole narrative of, of being victorious actually actually misplaces us, <laughs> you know, that, that we're not, to, to understand our, our position in relation to, to big life things is, is to surrender into reality, actually, my, my sense is, rather than, yes, as we imagine a kind of giving up or, it's a very different I think there's a grace in that surrender yes and you can't really be victorious over a part of yourself right so yeah the idea of being victorious um it it has this dualistic that there it's coming from a place of like good and evil right yeah absolute rights and wrongs and um you know I'm not saying there's no context in life where that's you know, appropriate. Um, but it really wouldn't make sense to say like you were victorious over your partner in your marriage, right? Because like what <laughs> and it's obvious that that's but it, it plays out in different ways, like in community conflicts. Okay. Yeah. Like you've got like what went on in the north of Ireland or something, isn't it? And attempts that you, you've got to you you're gonna have to live with these people in the end, right? And attempts to be victorious over them. Um there's something obviously not gonna work out well. But our own darkness and struggles, <clears throat> we do culturally classifies like that's the bad bit of life that's where the brain chemistry has gone out of balance and we need to be you know overcome right and get rid of and yeah. i think when i think about like any work i've done in this area with people i would say like if i was to write down some of the, the core things that are the most helpful that people have constantly fed back to me is the helping people to reclassify what's going on in themselves as not being a bad thing right as being like we have a certain image of what the human journey is and it's very much tied up in like quantities of happiness, right? So if I'm a, a functional human being, I should feel happy all the time. And I should feel positive about life. And I shouldn't be wrought with 
questions of anxiety, whether it's about the nature of the universe or my appearance or um, anything else, like because anxiety can play itself out in very philosophical ways, it can play itself out in very mundane ways, um, yeah. but it's a core anxiety playing out, and that's a bad thing, right? And then I, you know, I look on Facebook and my 500 friends all seem to be doing better than that, you know, so, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm failing here. Um, yeah. But to, to reimagine the world, it's like, well, and it's quite simple to do because if you look at any sort of like film or work of literature, it's always involving a lot of darkness, right? Like you don't have films where it starts off nice, goes reasonably well in the middle and ends up better. It's like there's always like, it's always, you know, the, the hero is always taken to the edge and beyond in, in a good drama. Um, but we don't think of our own lives that way. Like our stories reflect that it is that way, but we don't allow that in, in this world. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm smiling for anybody who's listening to this because I, I love what you love what you just said my sense is that that notion of happiness or positivity has has assumed almost cult-like proportions and i think there's all sorts of reasons for that to do with our economies and the way that society works that were that were sold this notion of having to be positive positive and happy and i think that assigns all kinds of very natural, important human experiences and feelings into into the shadow, if you like. You know, they're considered to be negative, and we should be able to overcome them. And I think I think there's there's a huge mistake in that. A that all of those feelings are a very important part of of being human. And that if we suppress them, we're suppressing our aliveness. So even though on the on the surface it might look like everything's great, if there is any suppressing going on of rage, anger, sadness, fear, whatever it happens to be, there there will be some some kind of deadness or sense of uh, deadness or numbness going on. Yeah, I think we can maybe see it in other people. Okay, so the uh, the person that jumps into mind often of this is Viktor Frankl, mm. the yeah psychotherapist, Jewish psychotherapist in a who was put in a concentration camp, endured unimaginable suffering, and emerged out of it with this um, psychotherapeutic theory about uh, meaning and how life um, isn't to find around happiness but to find around meaning. And yeah. we can look at the life of someone like that or the life of someone who's maybe done something wonderful in history and see how their suffering was an integral part of their journey. And perhaps they wouldn't want it to be taken away from them, even though it's, it's unimaginable. But we don't maybe give ourselves that kind of credit that our suffering could have something important, right? So if I'm feeling rage or anger or depression, it's like, that's because I'm defective. It's not because, you know, there's some great wisdom inside me, which is uh, coming out in this, difficult way when unacknowledged you know and I, I think it's good when people can say that about like oh because there is almost feeling like if I'm uh, struggling with mental health issues or something and it's affecting my performance at work or in my family right then that makes me like a defective member of society I'm not pulling my weight not that my um, my darkness has some virtue to offer both myself and, and the wider world absolutely I mean I think that's one of the one of the most profound changes that happens through the course of the dark night 
in, in my experience, and I, I don't know if it was the same for you, that we move from that model of assuming, assuming our own defectiveness into an understanding that actually there's far more in our pain than we imagined. You know, that, that when we're able to, to explore that willingly, uh, willingly or unwillingly, actually it happens either way, but when we're able to explore that, we do discover what seems to, what we didn't realise before we explored, that there is something really precious in that. And I, and I think that sense of, of meaning can't be underestimated. I mean, that's, that's so profound, isn't it? When we have those moments of, of understanding or realisation or, or clarity about the deeper meaning of, of, of what it is to be here, you know, what, what it is to exist and what it, what it is to exist as ourselves you know, the particularity of ourselves that that now for me completely outweighs any notion of happiness. You know, I, I would choose that now over and over again. And certainly having talked to many people who have been through the dark night, everybody unfailingly says the same thing, that given, given the choice, they would absolutely go through it again for for what came out of it. Is what's what's your sense of that? Yeah, I think it's it's a shifting of happiness outside of being the central virtue of life and replacing it with something like meaning or depth. Okay, because there's yeah, and obviously you know that that gives a different kind of happiness. There's like I I guess you know the word happiness covers different and not things that aren't quite the same you know like there's a, a kind of superficial happiness is very nice okay when things are going well but there's a, a deep-rooted sense of contentment that can exist when things are very difficult but yeah you feel like you're engaging something and i think that that contentment gets lost when you don't see meaning in the difficulties arising okay absolutely yeah because obviously without without meaning then the the pain is simply painful isn't it i mean hmm. unremittingly awful like one one that i've heard people say in a lot of ways i've had myself and i've heard people say a lot of ways is um death okay so our culture i think i think we cope with death by not thinking about it very much right as, as a culture and i've i've had a lot of people say the same thing to me in different ways so i'll pick one example which was um I remember being told by a lady once about how she was in a nightclub dancing, having a really good time, and suddenly was just hit by this realization that her and everyone around her, all these youthful, vibrant bodies, in a hundred years' time would all be dead. And actually, everyone in the world would be dead in a hundred years' time. And she like literally sat down and cried. Um, but what's accompanying this crying is a sense of like, what's wrong with me, right? That everyone else is capable of going out dancing, having a good time, and I have to think about like everyone dying right there's like something just like i've got a demon in my head or something you know and um it's of course like this is the story of the buddha right it's like when he leaves the palace where everything is perfect and he sees uh, suffering sickness and death and death is like the final straw for him to it's the invitation to think well out if everything is impermanent what's permanent where is meaning in in a world where everything falls away and people are having Absolutely. continuously arising these um opportunities uh, the darkness is opening up as a portal to depth 
but we don't know that, right? So it's oh, there's something wrong with me. So I'm not going to stay. I'm going to try and like put that back, you know, medicate that away or something. And I, I guess you you encounter similar things. Very much so. Yeah. We live in such a culture of denial, don't we? No, there's huge denial of death, huge denial of, of pain and suffering, depending on how it's presenting itself. So I think I think it's natural that they, we would feel there's something wrong with us when we when we somehow go against that 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 culture of denial. But actually, I think I think there's something right with us. <laughs> when we do that not not that that feels okay necessarily but i think there's something in it that is searching for as you were saying for depth and, and for meaning and and without really coming to grips without coming out of that denial without coming to grips with the fact that as as the the woman you described said we're all going to die how how do we place life really if we if we don't if we're in denial of death you know for me that was a big a big issue in the dark night death was 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 huge as as part of the dark night not only because it felt like i was going to die that i couldn't possibly survive what was coming up but just the the, the consciousness of of death as as a current in life became became really profound so let me ask you like what's your continued relationship with the dark night now okay in the mm. um there's there's a period where it's very intense okay i think for both yeah. of us. and then well for me there's a conclusion to that which is quite dramatic and it's like in the space of an evening night and day like i saw what i hadn't seen before and um i came out of like my depressive darkness okay and then i started to look figure out why that happened why i've been able to make this transition uh, because the transition does occur right so in uh, i'm just saying before how like it's when i accepted it and thought okay maybe we're going to be like friends forever you and i uh we'll have to go through life together so we better start to understand each other um well yes but then that attitude does cause a change right and i think initially what i notice is there's a grasping of that change then it's like, oh, I start to understand, and now I can get rid of you. It's like I've got an angle, and I can yeah. help you from here. Um, and then the more I stop trying to get rid, the more there is a movement and a transition. Um, but then other things, I suppose, open up. And I, I suppose maybe a challenge for me is to not consider the dark night complete almost, but to hold it open and say, like, yeah, but there's, there's a continuous arising of, like, difficult experiences and even though the, there is also within that like a transition from darkness to light um so so how do you how do yeah. you conceive how that continues post like the depth of, of it yeah I mean, for, for me there was a, a gradual emerging a, a gradual transitioning out of the intensity of it so i didn't have quite the sort of stark contrast that, that you described mm. and I totally recognize what you say about the grasping I think it's interesting isn't it that, that there's that part of us that will come in and try and manipulate everything to to be able to still mm. hold on to hold on to its turf as it as it were and I think as 
as we move out to the intense phase, that continues in all sorts of different ways, doesn't it? I, I'd say that there's something about becoming so deeply familiar with the dark, which means that we don't feel that we have to push it away as we once did in the same way. So it doesn't feel to me like we we go into the, that and then we somehow emerge into the light and that that's it. I think we're much more in the natural the natural cycles then of, of light and dark as they appear in our own lives and obviously as we know they they appear every every day in every every season in nature. So I think there's something about almost learning the language of the darkness that that we then have as a capacity or capability as as life continues so when the darkness comes back round again mm. we know that place you know we we know the language and so it isn't it isn't problematic in the same way that it once was so there's something for me about dwelling in both places. I mean, mm. in the book, I talk about the myth of Persephone and her abduction into the underworld by Hades and then subsequently her her going underground for several months of the year mm. af- afterwards. And I, I think there's something something rich and important in that, in that notion of being able to be in in both yeah because i think it's a bit that can catch people out right because i i I can tell the great story about my recovery from depression and it's um it's all true you know but the challenge that can present then is a one say okay yeah so i overcame right and you know for people who then have a a, maybe a career based in therapy or spirituality and the sense of like yeah i'm i'm selling this my time my book to you based on my competence that I had that and now I don't because I go so in a sense happiness has remained the central virtue um but it's just like yeah I had a difficult experience overcame it and now I'm um and I think it's um it can be a challenge because what what I noticed and like didn't open up in me is not that move just towards positivity what I would say opened up was a, a, a greater capacity for depth both in terms of the light and the dark so sticking with the death example like i see people like write things about death like oh it doesn't bother me anymore right because i I recognize i'm that transcendent spirit within so you know why would i be bothered by death and it's like i feel like well good for you but that's not my experience of it right i I could i have that um of like having a a more intense okayness with death and more of an acceptance of it because i can connect with that part of myself but i can open also also a far more intense realization of it like in in doing things like the the buddhist meditation on the dying corpse i've, I've done that but I've, I've also opened up my imagination a lot so you know i, I one night spontaneously had a, an experience of my own death right well, this happened mm. a few times but one what i really saw myself being an old man and dying and like that's horrifying right and it was horrifying for that to me and i'm i'm also much more aware of the darkness and the terror of like we're going over this cliff we don't really know where we don't just go you know and that lives in me too right and i think without that i would be very disconnected from people very disconnected absolutely i mean i think i think what you just i mean i love everything you just said but i think there's 
I see such a tendency to to disconnect in what you described about you know I encounter that the, there are so many books and teachings based on that formula, aren't you? Mm. Uh, aren't there? You know, as you say, I encountered this. I came. I got my way through it. Here's my methodology. Here's what I'm selling, and now it's all fine. And and I think that I think that is so disconnected. You know, I think there's something profoundly um, troubling about that that kind of formula because because of the, the pain and shame it gives rise to and everybody else who encounters that who doesn't experience that and I think I think as somebody who's written you know a, a couple of books and obviously one about the dark night it was so important to me to that that wasn't my message that my message was here's here's my experience your experience is every bit as valid as any peace of mine and and the dark night and everything else lives on in me in a in a dynamic and changing way so i can't possibly say you know it can't be pinned to a singular event so just as one example i can remember one week um, on the Monday, I had a really profound experience of letting go into love, love taking everything from me, um, and yeah, a really deep immersion in 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 that. Uh, on the Wednesday, I had a really profound experience of <clears throat> a deep sense of unforgiveness, um, <clears throat> and. How, how can we possibly judge that other than to say that both exist and both are equally valid in the, in the moment that they're here? Mm. So just as you say, my experience of death, for example, is both some profound experiences around the nature of it and the profound beauty of it, and also equally profound experiences of, of the, terror, the terror of it. <laughs> so I think... I think for us collectively to move out of this this story of basically I I encountered I overcame and here's what I'm selling as a result of it it is really important because I think that's a, a deeply unhealthy paradigm yeah and I can see it's something I struggle with in myself right because that story if I tell it about myself that I had depression, then I did this thing, then I didn't. That's not untrue, right? Because sure. and you could look at my behavior and just see like, oh yeah, like prior to this, Richard was like, he was lying in bed and he was finding it very difficult to get up and, um, you know, he was like miserable. And, and then this day and then after that, it's like, it's like this. And so, well, yeah, if you're looking at it in a, in a clinical way, and that is worth noting because if someone's struggling with that and they feel like, despondent and hopeless say look people have this and then they they don't right and there's value Definitely. in that yeah i think you know even like and i mean about 12 years later now more it's something i'm still questioning myself because i have to acknowledge that i've never had a good connection with people with depression since then right because it's almost like i've cut myself off from that a bit and and things that have remained more of a struggle for me i've been much more relational with people and, and that's not um i'm not sure that's a good thing right and 
there, there is almost a sense of like, well, I wonder if I've been a bit like too much there because it was such a big struggle. I when it ended, I wanted to push it away a bit and say, no, I don't have that, you know, and almost like yeah. an inviting back in of that depression and saying, actually, the the willingness or the that the the being overcome by a sense of oh, what's the point is actually a part of the human condition too. Right. And it's not that we want to get rid of that altogether. There are there are times in life that make you go, oh, I, just, God, I can't see a light at the end of this tunnel, you know. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think maybe uh, that's something I disconnected from in myself and had a not an entirely comfortable relationship with because maybe it was so overwhelming at the time that I was really glad to think that's behind me. You know, so that, that's something I'm having to think about reintegrating. Yeah, I mean, my sense of it is that that process of of integrating and reintegrating is is ongoing, and and I think we we need a certain amount of vigilance around that with ourselves. I think because because I think there are so many little pitfalls or twists or mm. things to be aware of in this, aren't there? And I. I think I think what you said at, at the beginning of, of of what you just said is really important that we're not we're not saying that change isn't possible, you know we're not saying that we don't we haven't come through these things because because very clearly mm. we have and you know I could say the same you know ten years ago my life was really dysfunctional and and now it's not. Having said that, I think. The, the work the work is always ongoing isn't it the the door is always open to to seeing more so so i think we're not saying the emerging out of it is somehow an ending for me in essence that was like another beginning yes so so that there's a there's an ongoing movement still happening that 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 this isn't this isn't a happily ever after in that sense sure. there, there isn't an, an end yeah i mean i guess you could say like it, it depends what you think victory is right so if victory is overcoming right it's not that right so you don't yeah you don't have a good marriage by overcoming your partner you don't have good communicate community relations by beating down the other side victory yeah. is integration right and um, one, I remember um, talking to Tim Freak about this one time. We both—that's how we met at, at one of his groups. And yeah. I think I asked him um, how he. What did I ask him? It was something to do with um, how the, how he maintained a sense of like confidence to get up and stand in front of a lot of people when you know he would go and do something and like no one would turn up, and then he'd go and do the next thing, and one man and his dog would turn up, and then no one. And it's like how. You know, do you not ever think like the universe is giving you, and this is like sort of, I don't want to portray him as remarkably unsuccessful. It doesn't, that doesn't happen to him today, but in the early days, you know, it did. Yeah, sure. Right? Um, and he, he, I thought his answer was interesting and in that he said, it's not about like overcoming that. Cause imagine if you didn't have that, right? Imagine if there wasn't a little voice in your head that said, are you sure you should be doing this? Like you'd be, that's how like gurus go crazy, you know, and they think like, I should be teaching everyone in the world, you know, so you, you need that bit of yourself and you need the bit of yourself that says, oh, what's the point? And you need the bit of yourself that um, says, oh gosh, well, what does happen when you die? You know, you need all these like bits, but they need to be integrated into a wholeness. It, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something also about what, what you're then doing. So as you say, with, you know, with, with what Tim, what 
what emerged for Tim or what what is emerged for me or or for you is is coming from a different place actually you know that that for me now say having having written the book or the writing of the book was something that wasn't i mean it's it's difficult to articulate but it wasn't entirely personal it wasn't it wasn't the old formula if you like of i'm going to write a book about x in this way in order to do y you know it was something that was was moving through me or in some way there was a there was an impulse to do it but i was more at this i was more at the service of it than than it being at the service of me so to speak so i was giving my time and energy to to its momentum without really thinking about what what that would mean for for me in a sense so and now it's out there I've sort of left it to find its own way. You know, I've, I don't, I've, I've not really done any what you might think of as marketing or anything like that. Um, so, so I don't think, like you say, it's about having the confidence. I think, I think there's, I think what's driving us is a deeper meaning than that. So certainly on the few times I've spoken, I've felt anxious I felt uncertain. There, there's been doubt there about what I'm saying, but there's something deeper than those concerns going on. You know, what, what's actually going on doesn't really care about my anxiety or my lack of confidence. That, that's irrelevant. So this is not about, um, as, as Tim often says, you know, this is not about emerging as some uber person mm. or some uber version of ourselves, which is, you know, all singing, all dancing. We're still our usual, you know, bumbling selves in different ways. But that's something, there's something more important than that going on. Who, who cares, in essence, how how we feel in a day-to-day -day way when there's something of, of greater import or meaning that is being carried through us in some way. What, what's your sense of that? Well, I have a sense of a deeper thing moving through and what manifests in life, in the different things I do, coming out of that deeper sense. And then and I suppose that's the, the principal thing. And then there's mental energy around, should you be doing this? You know, what about this? And then, and then concern. So I suppose where I'm, my mind was, that was, okay, well, what's the appropriate thing to do with those concerns? Okay. Like, right. Know, yeah. Down, fight them away, integrate, listen to them. How, if yeah. I listen to them, how do they not consume me? But mm. So is that what you're speaking to? That like, if it's the case of like your book or any work you do, it's emerging from something that is beyond mental activity, essentially. Or yeah, I think I think that's a good way of putting it. And and I mean, I want just to say what we're talking about is is very subtle. I think, isn't it? It's very very nuanced. I think it's happening despite the mental energy or just despite the feelings so in my case for example uh historically i had a lot of anxiety and it's less than it was but it's still around at various points in in different ways 
so I'm not saying that we we don't tend to that because I think there's something really important in intending to our current experience whether that's anxiety or depression or mental energy or or whatever else but that isn't the driving force that's not what's driving things anymore you know if if i if i was okay. still being yeah. driven by my anxiety yes. i wouldn't i wouldn't do i wouldn't have done what i've done in mm. the last seven or eight years what what i do happens happens along with you know the the anxiety if you like is along for the ride but that's not that's not primary yeah, what's no, sorry, primary I, I what yeah. what's primary is it, it's almost like you could call it a creative urge or a, a, a an impulse to to deepen meaning or you know we could put different words to it but that's what's most important to me now so in in a sense my commitment almost has shifted from the day-to-day -day vagaries of my own inner inner mental and emotional states to something that feels deeper than or you know we could position it differently we could say it's prior to or deeper than 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 that that yeah my kind of ongoing everyday yeah. states yeah so I think for me, that opening up to the, this deeper being went, so ran in parallel and in connection to the cleansing psyche of me. So yes. initially I did enough of it to give me some stability to go through the psyche and the darkness. And then engaging with the psyche on the level of the psyche is quite a tormentous thing. Right? So what I found was <coughs> as yeah. I became more able to sink into that deeper being, there's more of a spaciousness in which the psyche can arise and thoughts and concerns can be arise and say, okay, they're over there. Um, there may be some wisdom in them. They may not, but they're not me essentially that yeah. there's this deeper being, which is there, which, which holds all this stuff. And that it's like, it gives the psyche a spaciousness to sort itself out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in, in the, in the book, really in essence, that's what my subtitle is, is from a journey from absence to presence so certainly like you say trying to deal with the psyche on the level of psyche when when essentially on some level the deeper part of our being is absent or when we're, we're not we certainly were disconnected from it is as you say really torturous isn't it hmm. my sense of the dark night is that it is the process in which we we become present to ourselves or we re reconnect with with soul or presence or our deeper being and and that's what allows as you say this the unraveling of the psyche to 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 continue that unraveling and reintegration happens not through effort or or trying but simply because it's happened it, it has that bigger space so to speak yeah. in which to happen <clears throat> and that we can simply be present to that and and accompany ourselves in those places so i think there's a world of difference as as we know between being with really difficult feelings like fear or anxiety or depression in the absence of that bigger space 
to being being with them in a sense with that yes together with together with the deeper being is a very different experience isn't yeah it? i think that was my journey over time because i had i had this big experience that was back in 2007 and then i i spent a lot of time trying to understand like well, what just happened and how can i replicate it for all the other things that i don't yeah particularly find wonderful in myself and my initial attempts at that were quite let's say harsh like they involved a lot of determination and you know i'm going to see through this and see what's at the root of this and the more i stepped into the kind of like jhana experience of expanded awareness then the the easier it became and the more i took my foot off the gas pedal if you like and was able just to like okay there's no like it when i'm observing something like um I don't have the sense of like wanting to fix it or change it. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to be with this thing. It might be there to my dying day and beyond. Um, that's not my intention. My intention is to allow whatever is within me to arise in this expanded state of awareness without necessarily a goal in mind and just come to relationship with that thing. And that's a much more pleasant and productive way of engaging with oneself. Uh, completely. I mean, I, I love the fact that you brought in the word harsh because I think there's such a, I think there's so much harshness around, isn't there? And including in lots of spiritual practices and that transition from harshness to something so much more gentle, so much kinder mm. that happens. Um, and I, I just, I just want to say something about what you said about the expanded awareness, because I, I, I totally agree with you on and it that can also sound like some kind of rather extraordinary or strange thing i just i just want to say how how ordinary and accessible that mm. that is that we're not talking about some kind of completely altered state or we're, we're talking about something that is very um very here and now and immediate and, and ordinary in in that that, yes. that once once we have a sense of 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 being of being and being and being with there's um that there, there's something very normal about it yeah well maybe let's move on to that as a sort of conclusion then because that's the you know when you've been there there's nowhere else to go but just to comment on on what you say about harshness there before and um, we do I think it was difficult for me to distinguish between harshness and focus, okay? Because I feel like what I recognized I, I, I lacked and why my depression had not lifted sooner was uh, focus. I touch on it and run away, touch on it and run away because I didn't know what to do with it. And um, yeah, so then post that, I brought a lot of like determination and a harsh kind of focus into it. Of, like, you know, is and so like if you were the manifestation of my psyche it would be like i was interrogating you so that's why are you here what <laughs> yes. do you want you know why yeah. you um as opposed to like say you can like play with the child for a long period of time and give it a lot of your attention but you're not doing it in a way that's like harsh right there's like it's an openness and a focused awareness but not in a um that sort of yeah harsh way so that that was um that was a, a difficult distinction for me to make it wasn't obvious to me at the start right and had to to come by that and then uh, yeah absolutely and then with the expanded awareness i think it's true right that if if like 100 random people were to listen to this interview um this would be the bit that they go oh, don't know where they've gone now expanded awareness what's you know so 
it is hard to language that in a way. Um, it's you know like describing color to someone who's not seen it or something. It can it can be a bit like that. And um, dude, fry and, and yeah, speak of it in a way that you know it, it seems because uh, you're not speaking about a thing, right? You're speaking about the awareness in which things are arising. So you can't you can't point to it and say laptop or microphone and say oh yeah that's that's what that is. But rather it's it's so it's a bit more abstract in that sense. Um, but yeah, like indeed um, accessible, right? Um, maybe it takes time, but I think everyone can get some of it straight away. Maybe that's like focusing on the breath as it enters and exits the body for a minute, or maybe you have more of a, a natural flair of it and you can just like dive right into the depths of your being, or maybe that's something you have to study and go through step by step. And indeed, what, what I found um, working at people um, is that that spectrum exists, right? So that, that some people just could like um, go straight into it and, and found really profound shifts very quickly uh, would occur because they, when shown how to do it, they could naturally sink into the, the deepest parts of their, their being and other people would completely lose that if they try because it's too ephemeral. It's too like it's, the thing that is looking is look, is looking at the thing that is, is oh, it's all confusing, you know? So they're, they're, but there's always a, like a gateway there and that might be something more tangible like the breath or, or one of these like, um, mindfulness or Vipassana meditation. So um, yeah, and then it can develop from there. So I think it is like on some level, it's accessible to anyone at any point. Yeah, absolutely. My, my sense of it is that the easiest thing to, the easiest thing I could say is, is just come, come inwards. That, that other words like expanded consciousness or whatever tend, tend to, um, either like you say people will have an intuitive sense of of what that is mm. or will set about it will set up another um another dynamic where people think there's something that they haven't got that they mm. need to get from outside in some way but when we when we when we turn towards just whatever's here right now you know that that practice of noticing what's here i'm breathing i'm sitting my legs bent i've got some sensations in my body i'm thinking you know all of that stuff coming into that repeatedly and i, I loved what you said about interrogating because I, I can relate to that you know that we're not interrogating it we're simply giving it some attention and, and tending to it that has an what naturally seems to flow from that is is access to 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 the spaciousness to to the greater awareness and i see this in my work with people all the time that we stay with something of whatever description often often something in in the body and even by asking a simple questions like you know what what does this sensation want Often what it wants is just to be allowed to be, you know, the sensations are often saying like, you know, can you, can you just stop trying to get rid of me and give me a moment to be here ju just as I am. Um, sub sometimes obviously the answer is a bit more complicated than that, but there's something about just being present to things, letting them be exactly as they are, which then 
opens out you know things move things change things dissolve there's a, a deeper sense of spaciousness there which which is us you know connecting with with being um and and within that the more we connect with that the like you were saying the less there's an urge to change or fix or or do the the kinder things become uh, and i know for me in in my own inner experience my my judging voice used to be really harsh you know there was a lot of like oh my god you're doing it again what's wrong with you do this do that and now that inner voice is much more so much milder you know sometimes there's a bit of a sideways look and a kind of oh we're we're doing this now are we mm. oh okay you know <laughs> but there's there's a, a kind of yeah a, a real sort of kindness in that an allowance in that which was all which was all born out of the dark night so i'm i'm really i'm really grateful for that okay you know i think that's a good place um having actually just to say having done sessions of you it's, it's interesting how much consciousness does shift through the kind of inquiry process um you lead which is nothing like an interrogation and very much like an interrogation. <laughs> so i'll link to your um the website where people can uh, look at the sessions of and, and to the specifically the dark night of the soul book um in the comment section on whatever thank platform you. people are on and uh, thank you very much indeed for coming today it's been a, uh, this has been one of the, the more um i would say insightful discussions for me in terms of like personal insight i would say and getting me to think about things on my on my feet in regard to how i'm conceptualizing these things myself so yeah thank you for that i'm sure it's insightful for people out there too thank you yeah i very much appreciated it too it's always really good to talk <laughs>